Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle, and this is the Spooky Hour. One day I'm just going to say like a different name altogether and just throw everyone off. This is the Sleepy Hour. Yeah. (laughs) We're no longer spooky. Our time has come and gone. It has, actually, because we're well into like the Christmas season at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Like, well into it now. Like, I can't believe where the year has gone. I know. And I got a Christmas theme for this episode and next Do week's you? episode and the week after that. Yeah. I guess I should start mine because I have some, some Christmas episodes that I wanted to do. They're not like... It's hard to do, like, true crime and Christmas because it's literally just people who got murdered on Christmas. And it's not like it's nice. It's festive. I'm... <laughs> Do you know what if Danielle says it, then it passes. So I'm going to start that too next week, I guess. I should have done it this week, but I had a request, so I'm going to do a request. Because it's December, you guys. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just really excited. And we did so much stuff for Halloween and Holly hates Christmas, so I knew nothing was going to happen with Christmas. (laughs) So I'm here to bring the fucking... That's not true. I said we should do themes. (laughs) I'm here to bring the spooky Christmas to you guys. You're welcome. This is her time to shine. Holly can be Little Miss Scrooge sitting in the corner. It's fine. (laughs) I do have Christmas ones. It's just they're not nice. You know, it's not like a happy Christmas tale. Whatever. There's definitely children dying on Christmas in one of the ones. But I mean, this is what you guys are here for, right? Like if I ever get murdered, it better be at Christmas. Like you better make my my murder the most festive (laughs) shit ever. I'll um, do my best to find someone who's going to murder you. Thank you. And I'll tell them. (laughs) Don't save me. Just tell them it has to be done at Christmas. Do you want to know what's coming? Should I let you know when it's coming? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I can, like, I'll wear my best Christmas PJs. <laughs> You're a fucking psychopath. <laughs> uh, it has been another it's, wild week, in case you guys haven't, haven't noticed. We're going batshit crazy. It's, like, month 852, and I've been, haven't left my house, so. Yeah, we're, um, well, Danielle's been in lockdown this full, whole time, essentially, because her work is closed. But uh, I've been working from home the last weekish. I'm losing my mind. I don't know how I did this for four months. <laughs> I don't know how I'm doing it. There's a lot of like TikTok videos I watch now. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's getting me through my days. It's fuck, it's getting dark again, man. <laughs> but the good news is there's vaccines everywhere. Yeah. There's so many vaccines. I love though. So my my boyfriend's a scientist, as we all know. And, Carl uh, Nye, the science guy. Carl, 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 Carl. 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 Uh, we've been so I've been trying to like learn about this vaccine situation through him. I still don't get it. But here's my question: One of them was like, "Hey, we're ninety percent effective," and then the other one was like, "We're ninety four And then the first one came back, and they're like, "We're ninety five So, like, are you testing more people, or is this just like a pissing contest for vaccines at this point? <laughs> I don't know because I think well, obviously, like hospitals and stuff, they would get the best supplier so they're Mm -hmm. obviously going to take the one that's like better the highest percentage yeah Yeah. i would i know i thought it was so weird that it's almost like they're like trying to compete and then one of them just came out and we're like yeah we're a hundred percent it's like how can you be a hundred percent already (laughs) um but he basically said was that the percentage doesn't really matter as long as it's high because even if it's like 90 percent success rate and say they're off by 15 percent that's still like an 85 percent success rate yeah so like it's still good so it's good news yay it's like the flu shot like it's not guaranteed every single year exactly but we also my the thing that kills me is like people are like 
I'm uh, full of conspiracy theories and the vaccine is like it's all man-made virus so I'm not going to trust a vaccine that's man-made and I'm like bitch you have a fucking social security number um you pay your taxes they know where you live just yeah. shut up and take the, your vaccine the, the microchip in the vaccine is going to follow you not your phone not your no. google home no. not your- <laughs> get the hell out of here man people oh, it's so funny come on it's we're so, so much smarter than this you, are we though <laughs> we are come on honestly this year has taught me that perhaps some of us are not <laughs> yeah, that's very valid oh i have one fun fact you guys i had a mental, fact. mental breakdown on the weekend and dyed my hair blue oh my god yeah it looks really cute though we love a good mental breakdown yeah we talk about myspace so much danielle just started to relive her 2008 danielle she, life she also started our facetime last week with so i was trying to space my ears and i was like hold on are you having a crisis I think like- I, yeah <laughs> midlife crisis guys it's okay i went uh i went red well like all year but like i've started adding like pink and purple and shit to it um i have progressed to a full sleeve at this point it's fine we're just reliving our glory days yeah we need something to keep us going right yeah and if my work and you is look really to this, cute. my hair is not blue i don't know what you're talking about don't yell at me it's pretty blue it's pretty freaking blue, blue. <laughs> it took us a really long time to have our uh quarantine breakdown though and like do shit to our hair yeah i'm proud of us we we came really far you guys so and i haven't given myself crashing and burning now at the end of the year but we did it by the end of the year i'm gonna have buffy bangs it's gonna be great (laughs) if no one knows what buffy bangs are just look them up you'll get it buffy was a queen except for that one half of that one season (laughs) yeah i don't know what happened oh that was hilarious um so yeah thanks for having a mental breakdown with us you guys yeah um with that and not at all correlated it's time to talk about murder yeah um <laughs> but not festive murder this time you guys just murder. not festive murder yet because i genuinely keep forgetting we're in december yeah genuinely 100 <laughs> percent. people keep having to remind me that it's december Someone's so next gonna- week i will be festive too i promise <laughs> so this uh this case was re- requested requested i'm already off to a great start this case was requested by Maya of By All Means Necessary podcast. Uh, she wanted to hear our, quote, Canadian vibes slash maple syrup take on the case. I love that uh, so much. <laughs> so she's one of our, our listeners who frequently points out our, quote, Canadian accents. Eh? So this one's for you, eh? eh? <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a boot it. I'm a boot it. I'm a boot it. <laughs> what else do we say? The uh, No, the Americans know. say the rough, right? Or do we say the rough? The what? the roof you know the rough oh i had no idea i don't know we're canadian that's it man um (laughs) so the case is that of the wells gray murders um on august oh in august of 1982 bob and jackie johnson took their daughters janet and karen and went on a two-week camping trip with jackie's parents george bentley and edith bentley so it's the parents the grandparents and the young children all on a camping trip together sounds adorable it was supposed to be a wonderful family camping trip full of memories but it quickly turned into a hellish nightmare uh the family traveled to the remote wells gray provincial park which is a wilderness park located in east central british columbia 300 miles northeast of vancouver oh so it is a canadian case it is a canadian case um this park is massive it covers about 1.3 million acres of land Damn. and yeah it's huge i would love to go to bc one day yeah i have a couple of family members that live out there and i'm like envious yeah. of their photos i just got like a 
quasi promotion at work and all of my accounts are on the west coast and i was so excited because i could travel and then all of a sudden i couldn't travel so it's yeah it's been a rough year (laughs) (laughs) it's fine i'm fine Um, so they set up camp at a secluded area near the old Bear Creek prison site. Uh, they had tents and the grandparents brought along a camper on a truck. It's really, really retro style. I'll, uh, I'll try to that. find a picture that I can post. It's really cute. I want one. Um, Bob Johnson was supposed to return to work on August 16th, but he didn't show up that day. Bob was a 25 year employee at gorman brothers lumber and his co-workers knew something was wrong because it was very unlike him to just not show up without letting someone know uh the family however wasn't officially reported missing until august 23rd when none of them had returned home from their camping trip there were no sightings or signs of evidence until september 13th when a mushroom picker what a job a mushroom picker discovered what was left of a burnt out car near battle mountain road which is 13 miles from the bear creek campsite uh fishy investigators arrived on scene and discovered several sets of burnt remains in the back seat of the car in the trunk they found two more sets of remains oh, that God. were smaller than the others <gasps> these were the skeletal remains of children oh that's so sad and it's sad uh, it's a really sad case i should have warned you guys at the beginning sorry um forensics would later identify the adults in the back of the car as bob jackie george and edith and the remains in the trunk were confirmed to belong to the children janet and karen when they analyzed the bone fragments, they found that the family had been shot with a 22 caliber gun. Uh, locals had reported seeing the family heading up to camp at Bear Creek. So investors, investors, <laughs> I need an investor. Um, They're investing so, in this murder. Invest in me. <laughs> I'm poor. Um, so investigators began searching at the campsite. There they found six spent 22 caliber ammunition shells. Uh, the Bentley's truck, camper, boat, and all of their camping gear was missing from the site. There were some beer caps, uh, like, scattered around that were a brand that was known to be drunk by Bob Johnson. Apparently, he had, like, a beer that he always drank. I feel um, like every and- Canadian has one of those, though. Yeah, it probably. Like, my dad was We're really Canadian. loyal to our shitty... My dad was fucking Lakeport, and it was oh, simply no. out of being cheap. My dad was... That's our, like, buck a beer brand here. I call it Lake Piss. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's actually it. My dad... We have a brand called, like, literally Canadian. That was my dad's brand. Mm -hmm. See, when I don't drink beer, so I'll have, like, a Heineken. I hate beer. I don't mind Moosehead. Um, I like expensive beers. Um, What's the other one? Alexander Keith, I don't mind. Yes, sir. But overall... I only drink beer if there's nothing else available and I need to be drunk. That's yeah, no, I won't. I'll drink it's medicinal. Uh, they also found uh, full bottles of beer cooling in the stream nearby. Uh, they found two sticks with sharpened ends, which were most likely used by the girls to roast marshmallows. Um, so it was pretty obvious that they hadn't planned to leave the site if they had beer like waiting, cooling down, and marshmallows ready to go. Yeah. Uh, a huge manhunt ensued, and several leads began to pour in. Some leads took investigators on wild goose chases. Uh, one in particular, someone had called in that, quote, two scruffy French Canadian men were seen driving a camper van uh, east towards Quebec. But it turned out that this was an unrelated vehicle. Uh, basically, if you owned a camper and a truck, someone called the police on you at this point in time. That's absolutely so they- crazy. Yeah, they ended up following a whole bunch of these wrong leads, and uh, some of them even admitted that they ended up wasting several hours. Like, they said it was just stupidity on their part for even following it, but I guess they were just desperate at the time. Yeah, they just wanted to make um, sure they cover all their bases. Yeah, exactly. Because they had nothing, so, like, any little crumb of something was exciting. 
Um, the first real lead came on October 18th, 1983, 14 months after the murder. Holy shit. The Bentleys, yeah, it, it took a long time to solve this case. The, the Bentley's camper truck was finally located by two forestry workers on an old logging road near Bear Creek. It was located only 15 miles from the murder site and 20 miles from where their car was located with their bodies inside. Uh, the camper, like the car, had been burned using an accelerant. It was hidden on the opposite side of the mountain from where the car and bodies were found. So it's almost like they were trying to, like, scatter the evidence. Okay. Um, and it appeared that there had been an attempt to drive the truck into the gorge, but there was logs in the way. So I guess the front end of the truck was damaged from hitting these big logs. The location confirmed a local was most likely involved as outsiders would have uh, been unlikely to find this isolated spot and make it back out on foot. So they think that it was someone who knew the area quite well. Um, police released a statement on the discovery of the truck and mentioned their hunch about a local being involved. This piece of information led to a tip being called in about a man named David Shearing. He was a local who lived only three miles from the camping spot, and the person who phoned him in recalled him inquiring about registering a new truck and repairing holes in the side. David Shearing, who was 24 years old at the time, was a sort like sort of like a hermit. He was us. Um, he came from a very respectable family who were well-known in the area. Uh, his father was a prison guard and his brother was a sheriff. David himself, however, was just a cabinet maker, so he wasn't really following in his family's footsteps. Uh, he lived in a cabin in the middle of this giant woods by himself, which is kind of the goal. Yeah, I was like, um, I want to do that. The only admirable thing about this man is his house. That's it. That's it. Um, that's it. There is not much known about David's upbringing, uh, but it was noted in one of the articles that I read that he started showing signs of strange sexual behavior from around the age of 15. Uh, in a later interview, David confessed that he started having violent sexual fantasies as a teenager and would sometimes be so preoccupied with them that he would be on what he called autopilot throughout the day. Uh, so he would get so lost in his thoughts that he'd become unaware of everything else around him. Uh, he claimed that these fantasies were a product of of his anger at not fitting in saying quote i thought it was normal for a man to think that way um he also had prior arrests for assaults dui and drug possession so obviously we have a sketchy character on our hands already um but i bet invest- he got away a away i bet he got a, um away with a lot of it considering his brother's like a sheriff and or, or yeah. works for the sheriff yeah it, it, you'll see in a minute he kind of walked into his own demise a little bit oh perfect <laughs> it's, 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 yeah he's not the smartest <laughs> um investigators from the rcmp which is like i guess the canadian fbi for it's lack of a better the term. royal canadian mountain put mounted police mountain police mountain police <laughs> we police the mountains <laughs> now they ride ponies and stuff they're really cool but they're like the like top shit in canada see like like the police growing up i always thought they were just like there for show like i thought they were absolutely useless just for parades right yeah because they're always at the parade yeah and then once you go into like true crime yeah and once you get into like true crime and you read that like they do more you're like wait they don't just ride horses i literally thought they just rode ponies yeah Yeah. so So, yeah we're obviously very educated here yeah (laughs) (laughs) so investigators from the rcmp sergeant mike eastham 
or East Ham. I don't know. East Ham sounds funny. And Constable Ken Libel uh, both had a gut feeling from the moment David's name was mentioned that he was the monster behind the murders. Um, I guess the dead giveaway was the whole, like, loner in the woods thing. Uh, the problem was trying to get him in with little to no evidence. The only real clue that they had was that he lived nearby and gave off major creepy vibes. Which is not uh, enough to convict somebody. <laughs> unfortunately not. So they eventually discovered a hit and run in the area that was allegedly tied to David Shearing. And they used this to their advantage. So they arrested him, initially telling him that it was charges related to this hit and run. Uh, the investigators were smart in their interrogation. They approached him in, like, a friendly manner and made sure he was, like, relaxed and comfortable in the interrogation room. So it wasn't, like, good cop, bad cop. It was just straight good cop. They were trying to, like, buddy-buddy him. So, like, um, was it, like, a recent, like, hit and run? Like, they had authority to bring him in? Yeah, okay. I guess so. I didn't... It didn't say the date or anything, but um, I guess maybe his car was spotted or something along those lines. Okay, because I was like, are they just making something up to bring him in because they can't do that? <laughs> yeah, you imagine. Um, he did actually... Uh, he did confess to the hit and run after okay. a while of like getting buddy buddy with the officers. So he did confess that he was involved in this hit and run. So hopefully it did really exist. You imagine he just like went along with it. <laughs> yeah, or like or like it happened like like three years prior or something. Like we're just bringing you in now. Like I don't yeah. know if that's a thing, but either way he confessed. So it's, it's, it's on there, him. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so detectives then casually brought up the brutal killings of the johnson bentley family more in like a like a discussion as opposed to an interrogation manner um david said that he had heard of the killings and he heard that they took place at beer beer no <laughs> beer a drink tonight apparently <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so he heard about the killings, and he also mentioned that he heard they took place at Bear Creek Campgrounds. This gave himself away immediately. The police never actually released that the murder had taken place on the campgrounds. They'd only ever revealed the locations of the car and the truck, not the actual murder scene itself. So the oh, only shit. people who knew uh, the location of the scene of the crime were the RCMP and the killer. Dun, dun, dun. Good police so, work. <laughs> Yeah, this is actually one of the few cases where I was, like, impressed by the police. They were very smart with how they brought him in, like, tricked him into it. Um, So he went into the defense after realizing his mistake and zipped his lips after this. Uh, Sergeant Easton and Constable Libel would not give up easily and prodded at him for several hours for more information. Finally, after lots of persuasive (laughs) matters, after lots of persuasive, oh my god, Holly's already After drunk. Lots, I, yeah. You know what? I'm stone cold sober, and I think sometimes that's my problem, is that I'm too sober. Yeah. You're like, I'm too sober to function. Uh, I don't know what that says about my mental state. But, uh. <laughs> um so finally after lots of persuasive measures uh david shearing confessed to the murders of all six family members uh david eventually agreed to reenact the murders and even offered to return the family's belongings that were stolen from the campsite so he kept all of those and most importantly he handed the investigators a 22 caliber remington pump action rifle as if i have any idea what that is no no idea i know it's a gun that's all i've got it just killed uh yeah it was bad uh which uh was then analyzed and later confirmed to be the murder weapon in his initial confession david said that he shot the four adults as they sat around the campfire then shot the girls as they slept in the tent oh my saying God. he only wanted to rob them i was he gonna say what kind of fuck like what like what was his motive like it's um, robbery yeah let's just say the case is not done yet oh okay 
I'm sorry. I'm like, robbery? Um, you fucking killed the whole family to rob... Oh. Yeah, so he initially said he was just there to rob them and for some reason killed them all in order to do so instead of just frightening them with a gun. It's like a bunch of old people and children. You're going like, to rob them at a campsite when they have nothing yeah. with them, but Yeah, do you know what I bring here? to a campsite? Bug spray. Yeah, like... <laughs> That's actually good one, one time. The one time I went camping with Danielle, uh, got my nails done like a week before. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the funniest thing because I were like climbing through the forest and I've got these like three inch claws on. I remember so that's my I ju- camping I'm pretty style. sure I judged you that like whole weekend too. It was just poor timing on my part. I forgot we were going camping and I got my nails done. You're they crazy. did survive the trip though. Um, the most important part. Um, so he told the RCMP that he loaded the bodies into their car, drove to the mountainside, and set it on fire using five gallons of gasoline. He said he cleaned the campsite and then took the truck and camper back to his nearby property, only to burn it later when he discovered how difficult it was to re-register it. He just had, um, like, five gallons of gas on hand. He just casually, yeah, no I don't problem. know. I. Yeah. I need that problem in my life. <laughs> so he pled guilty to six counts of murder on April 16th, 1984, and was given a life sentence with no possibility of parole for 25 years. Fun true crime fact, this was the maximum possible penalty for second degree murder and the first time in Canadian history that it had been given out. Wow. So he is a historical case in Canada. Um, so justice seemingly had been served for the Johnsons and the Bentleys. But unfortunately, the story does not end here. So let's start with some good news before everyone gets real mad at this, because I know at least Danielle is going to start yelling in a second. Oh, God. The good news is that he is still in jail and will not be getting out anytime soon. Good. So the bad news, um, Sergeant Mike Eastham was given the opportunity to interview David Shearer once again from inside the prison. So he knew deep down that although justice was served, something didn't feel quite right to him. Uh, with little hesitation, David dove into the real motive behind the brutal mass killing pedophilia um as i mentioned earlier he had confessed to violent sexual fantasies as a teen these fantasies never went away with age uh he suppressed them for years until one fateful day in august of 1982 in a book called the seventh shadow which was written by sergeant Eastham, uh the true graphic details from the crime emerged david said that he saw the family setting up camp in the remote location on his way home from work one night he couldn't explain why but he had an urge to return and did so the next day he came armed on august 10th just eight days into their two-week camping trip and shot the four adults as they sat around the campfire karen and janet the two young girls were already in the tent ready for bed Uh, David said he stuck his head in and fed a lie to the girls to gain their trust. He told them that a dangerous biker gang was around and that their parents had run for help. He asked the girls to stay in the tent while he loaded the bodies of their parents and grandparents into the backseat of the family car. That's heartbreaking. Um, Yeah, he, uh, it's, it's really gross. I'm not done yet, unfortunately. Um, it gets really bad. Um, so he covered the bodies with a blanket. Uh, he then crawled into the tent with the girls for the night. Um, the next morning they got into the car and drove off into the woods. David told Sergeant Easton that he kept the girls alive for nearly a week, staying with them both at his ranch and at a small fishing cabin on Clearwater River. So he had two properties that he kind of like rotated between for the week. Uh, They left the cabin after they were nearly discovered. A prison guard was supervising prisoners from a local jail who were fishing on the river, which is fucking bullshit. How come I don't have time for a fishing trip, but prisoners get to go on a fishing trip? (laughs) (laughs) 
I want to go on a vacation. Um, anyways, so the prison guard came and knocked on the door of the cabin to tell David not to be alarmed by the prisoners in his yard. David hid the girls behind the door and told them to stay quiet. The guard came and left without noticing anything strange. Oh, that's such a piss off. Yeah, it's, mm. it almost sounds like a movie, almost. Like, yeah. Um, he kept the girls alive in order to live out his sick impulses. He abused the girls for the entire six-day stretch that they were held captive. Um, his story has wavered as to the actual series of event here. One confession says he abused both girls. Another says he only abused the older girl. Um, another f- uh, story he flipped altogether and said he actually wasn't able to abuse the girls because he was unable to perform, if you catch my drift. Um, either way, this sick fuck knew that he would be killed in prison if it came out that he had abused children. So he kept that information to himself until after he was charged with the murders. So the press didn't actually get a hold of this information until 1999, 15 years after Holy he was sentenced. Fuck, that's so... Mm. And he confessed to saying, like, I knew if I went into court and said I raped these little girls that I would get killed in prison. So I didn't say anything. I just confessed to murdering them. So he's a piece of shit, but doing that makes him even bigger piece of shit. Yeah, he's he's a whole he's a mm. piece of work. Yeah, and he's still alive. So, yeah, as far as I know, yes. I'm adding he's him like to a list much- of people <laughs> I want to beat up. <laughs> the fighting hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the day after the prisoner field trip, where they were fishing, and I didn't get to go fishing, David said he took the girls back to his ranch. Then one at a time, he took each girl for a walk into the woods. He would tell them to turn around so he could urinate, and then he shot each sister in the back of the head. Um, to double check their story, Sergeant Eastham actually found the prison guard, who and uh, the prison guard recalled meeting David and confirmed the story, like the part that he knew about. Like he didn't know that the children were there. Yeah, but he said, "Yeah, I knocked on this weird guy's door." Um, in September of 2008, David Shearing was up for parole. The National Parole Board ruled that he still had violent sexual fantasies, hadn't completed his sex offender treatment, and was not ready for freedom. His second application in 2012 was also rejected when a petition with 13,000 signatures was presented to the National Parole Board. Um, fun fact, that's uh, now up to over 15,000 signatures um he applied again in 2014 then withdrew the request a month before the hearing um why does this guy keep trying like you're not fucking getting out so he um i mentioned this in the next like couple sentences but he's basically allowed to try every two years why i don't know like i feel like (laughs) at one point like instead of wasting all the fucking taxpayers money and holding this fucking right for the hearings like the hearings like just say no forever yeah (laughs) Like, you, that's so fucking... Mm, that makes me so mad. Um, so he now goes by his mother's maiden name as David Ennis and is married to a woman who he met while in prison. I'm sorry, what? I know, it's a piss off. What psychopaths think marrying someone who murdered somebody... He's changed, Danielle. I don't... He's changed. No, you're stupid. <laughs> um, so he claims to regret the crime after some treatment in prison... Uh, in one of his parole peer- hearings, he was quoted as saying, quote, it makes me hate to be in my own skin. I'm sorry the full details have not been disclosed until this day. Um, he claims to no longer be a pedophile or a danger to society in any way. Doubt that. Bullshit. 
Uh, so Sergeant Easton, like the parole board, disagrees. He's made it his life mission now to ensure that David Shearer remains behind bars for the unthinkable crimes that he has committed. The sergeant is now retired, but has since published the book that I mentioned above and regularly does press circuits to keep the story alive. Uh, like I said, David Shearing is eligible to reapply for parole every two years, and Sergeant Easton vows to be there for every single trial with his list of new signatures to make sure he rots behind bars. Good for him. He seems like a good cop. Yeah. I like him. But like, what? But the yeah, fuck? there's the fucked up Wells Gray murders. That I did not. I didn't know about that at all. I haven't heard about this one either. So thank you very much, Maya, for suggesting that. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. That is absolutely. That one made me sad a little bit. Well, like a lot bit. Yeah, like a lot bit. Because what the? This is probably like such a nice little family vacation. Like instantly just camping. camping. Yeah. Yeah. And this yeah. fucker. Sick fuck. I hate people. I hate though when they're like they're smart about it too. Like I think it was I'm not applauding that he withheld that information, but the fact that he was smart enough to withhold that information. Yeah. I always find that so interesting when some killers are like intelligent also. But like, like if you're so smart, why are you still an asshole? But like so smart to keep that information, but not that smart to give yourself away in an interview with the cop fair yeah i forgot about that true (laughs) dumbass (laughs) i take it back he's not that smart (laughs) fucking idiot (laughs) he had his one shining moment that was it that was it but like wow what a piece of dirt yeah that was a good one eh? happy monday everyone oh i said (laughs) that was a good one there you go maya (laughs) good one eh it's not good one airy goddamn um so we'll jump into some spooky christmas stuff yeah now. it's time to get oh my god it's time to get festively spooky. spooky yeah um okay so even though christmas is like happy loving joyous holiday um that you get to spend with your loved ones even though holly hates it um <laughs> <laughs> there's always like some crazy ass creepy folklore out there to absolutely terrify you and iceland has a few um, so at first I'm going to talk about the Grela or the Gryla. Um, so she's known as like a Christmas witch, but also kind of like half troll. So you. Basically. Oh, definitely you. Definitely <laughs> me. Definitely me. Just wait. Um, so she lives in a cave in the mountains of Iceland. She apparently rules these mountains. So she's like the OG creepy Christmas folklore. Um, her name translates to the Growler. So her origin actually dates back way before the 13th century. So like dated way before santa claus um there are bitch yeah so she's the og um so there are poems throughout like the early years written about her and that's why like she and her history can be dated back so far so iceland celebrates like midwinter holiday which is basically like our yule like it's kind of the same thing um so it started as like celebrations and feasts which eventually evolved into christmas as like modern day christmas um so now back then this celebration would also involve elves trolls the deceased and pretty much any other paranormal character you could think of including the that's Gryla. my kind of christmas party right we're here for the spooky stuff <laughs> um so one of these poems that i did mention about um about her it reads and i quote down comes Gryla or Gryla from the outer field with 40 tails, a bag on her back, a sword in her hand, coming to carve out the stomachs of the children who cry for meat during Lent. Just casual. That's my favorite Christmas song ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sorry, Mariah. Yeah. I mean, this is topping it, so <laughs> crazy. Um, so now she would carry... Um, around like a sack like a bag and throw any children who are naughty that year into this bag (laughs) 
She would then take them back to her cave in the mountains, throw them in a big boiling pot, and cook herself up some kids too. That's, I love it. That's her folklore. That's what she does. Um, so the Gryla or Gryla wasn't really connected to Christmas until the 19th century. So prior to this, she was just like this scary witch who kind of just had like a con- like connection to winter. So in Iceland, they have pretty harsh winters. And in a way, she was sort of connected to like these harsh winters. Like if they obeyed her, um, like her wishes, their winters wouldn't be as bad sort gotcha. of thing. Um if that kind of like makes sense so yeah. but now she's connected to christmas through these po like through these poems that were written about her so now if you're like on sanny's not san sanny's you're not Sanny. Sanny. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me <laughs> so now if you're on santa's naughty list you might just be like made into the gryla's stew that winter um so it's kind of like a i feel like that's a lot scarier than a lump of coal right i would be way more fucking terrified of being thrown in a sack and then made into like stew coal is not that bad on the grand scale of things but it's like it's kind of like a way to get kids to behave yeah oh definitely yeah so before that she was just feared as like this crazy thing but now it's like moved into christmas but this folklore doesn't just stop at her she also has a family oh yeah it said she's had like had she's a modern woman she's modern (laughs) She's kind of like the first feminist of um, Iceland, and I'll, I'll tell you why. So it said she had multiple husbands. However, she ate most of them. She's like, fuck <laughs> you. I love her. Yeah. Um, but her current husband, he is also a troll, and he's supposed to be just like this really tame troll. Like, he's not vicious or anything. He, like, mellows her out. I love this. Right? So apparently she also has kids. Um around 13 of them to be exact i feel like there might be more yeah is that all (laughs) yeah but 13 of them they're called the 13 yule lads so now these 13 yule lads are actually pretty tame in this century however before that parents were actually banned from tormenting their kids with their stories about the 13 yule lads like they were told like you cannot tell these stories to your kids like you're banned so scary they're so scary oh my god yeah so in today's society kids will put like um in iceland they'll put their shoes on their windowsill and if they've been good that year the lads will leave candy and if they've been bad that year they'll leave them rotting potatoes amazing yeah (laughs) i would get so many rotten potatoes let me tell you (laughs) so this happens within a 13 day window span leading up to christmas and they only travel one at a time so it's like one one troll for one day (laughs) one troll per day one troll per day um so nowadays they are like these human-like creatures who are said just to be like mischievous like they kind of look like little elves um but before they were basically monsters some without a torso but they were just like a nuisance they didn't try to kill you but they would like they didn't just leave you rotten potatoes so (laughs) (laughs) they so the 13 yule lads are as follows so they all have like icelandic names but i cannot pronounce a single one of them so i'm saying they're translated names um so the first one is she caught claude um he arrives on december 12th he eats people's sheep oh yeah um so the second one we have gully gawk um he arrives december 13th he likes to steal cow's milk um we have (laughs) we have they're all like inconvenient crimes eh yeah it's like those two sound like kind of like please don't eat my sheep that's really weird like they're not too bad but like you could see why they'd be annoying yeah um the third one is stubby um (laughs) me yeah (laughs) december 14th is when he shows up and steals leftover um the leftovers off like pans (laughs) 
<laughs> like yeah <laughs> i would let like that in my house all the time like i don't have to clean up go ahead oh my god that's so true then then i didn't even think of that i was just relating because that's what i show up for is the leftovers, <laughs> right. the leftovers. i bring tupperwares to christmas <laughs> <laughs> i love that she also brings tupperware to all you can eat sushi so that that was one time <laughs> it was worth it though was. um so the next couple are like very self-explanatory with their names so i'm not going to get into detail about it um so number four is spoon liquor he arrives on december 15th um and these are all the translated names okay so number five is pot liquor um number six is bowl liquor number seven is door slammer that would be me i always slam my yeah <laughs> um number eight is sky gobbler um Number nine is sausage. Wow, sausage swiper. Um, <laughs> December twenty first is window peeper. So apparently, <laughs> the window peeper just like stares into your window and just stares at you. So it's just really like fucking creepy. Yeah, <laughs> really creepy. Um, Eleven is door sniffer. Twelve is meat hook. So oh yeah, it sounds a lot more gruesome than it is. They um they would have like their meat hooks with like meat on it, and he just steal them oh yeah it sounds like he's gonna kill you with a meat hook yeah um and the last one who arrives on christmas eve so december 24th is candle beggar who actually steals your candles so back then when like all you had was candles that would really fucking suck yeah that's wildly inconvenient yeah so they weren't like terrible but apparently they're very creepy nowadays it's like your modern day like elf yeah like and they're like rosy cheeks and stuff like that but i like the creepier version it's kind of weird um so now these ones were all the ones that were allowed around kids who wouldn't necessarily kill them apparently there's another one called lung flapper which i would definitely (laughs) be lung flapper so he goes around and hits people with wet sheep lungs He just who walks around with wet sheep lungs? <laughs> you mean you don't have one in your purse at all? No, times? <laughs> he's probably like BFFs with the first one, like the sheepcock Claude, who like eats people's yeah. sheep. He just gives oh them. Oh my god, wet he lungs. just gives them the lungs. Yeah. Oh my god, I have to say that this is so far my favorite Christmas story ever. ever. Okay, good. This is making me enjoy Christmas. <laughs> this one isn't as spooky. I just thought it was really funny and like Iceland. No, I you love it. My heart with this because I've, I've I'm fucking obsessed with this. This is I hilarious. Um so yeah he goes around and hits people with wet sheep lungs because can you imagine just like walking down the street and just get fucking whipped <laughs> just, like backing yeah <laughs> Yo, what kind of noise would it make it would be so gross it'd be a, like a wet thud <laughs> like you would i feel like you would hear a splash a little you would bit. <laughs> you would it would be so funny oh my god okay i need one of those at work yeah seriously <laughs> um uh, so each of these 13 Yule Lads have, like, their own poem as well. I'm not going to read them here. You can go read them. But they're um, – gives a bit more can to their name. to me on Christmas Eve? Yeah. Perfect. Instead of, like, the night before Christmas, it'll be <laughs> – The lung <laughs> slap before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. okay. I think Holly officially loves Christmas, thanks to Iceland. This is, this is really enjoyable to me, actually. <laughs> um so that is their family however it doesn't stop there as well um so what kind of folklore family is without a cat so (laughs) it's also known as the christmas cat or like the yule cat it does have an icelandic name it starts with a j and i'm not gonna pronounce it and i'm really (laughs) sorry and i'm gonna before i do 
absolutely anything. I am going to quickly show Holly the picture that I saw. Of Are you sending it to me? The, no, I'm just going to show you on FaceTime. Or okay. may, no, you know what? I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> when I was writing this script, you guys, we're going to post it and I don't care. So when I was writing this script, um, this the picture I kept looking at and I was in fucking tears for like five hours writing the script staring at this fucking picture (laughs) (laughs) well that is in a bloody paw that's what i look like coming downstairs on christmas morning (laughs) i'm like crying it's so funny I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Isn't it fucking hilarious looking? Oh, I love that. And it's like eyes it's are It's supposed like, to be scary. It's supposed to be scary and it's like this big fat fucking cat. It just looks like a big fat cat. With a candle on his head. And he's got like the cat pissed off face. And it's like, You're actually crying. It's so funny. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. It's just like that's literally what Jazzy looks like literally that's that was my first thought was like it looks like your fucking cat so you guys i had a really fat cat growing up and she was <laughs> massive she was huge nothing beats uh my brother-in-law's cat was something like 20 pounds oh or my something. god jazzy wasn't that big <laughs> jesus christ he was fat <laughs> we just love fat cats and you guys we're gonna get uh, we're gonna send this picture and it's gonna you're gonna laugh with us and it's gonna be hilarious you're gonna cry with me because i just find it so funny i love fat cats <laughs> <laughs> good god i'm a mess oh my god okay my abs hurt <laughs> so this yule cat is her, the 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 family's cat this folklore the gryla's family's cat so now with this folklore it said that this christmas cat goes around the towns looking through windows <laughs> to see if kids got any clothes for christmas if they did get clothes for christmas they were safe um if they <laughs> didn't then these kids would be eaten by this lovely christmas cat <laughs> what the fuck why right so again like we said this cat is huge so i wonder if there are like a lot of kids that were not receiving clothes for christmas because like it's clearly eating a few kids he's, he's eating well <laughs> so he's well fed he's festively plucked <laughs> <laughs> my mom used to say that when she gained holiday weight festively plucked. you know like when you like after new year's when you put pants on you're like oh yeah a little bit too toy <laughs> she's festively plump. plump i like that i love that um so yeah so some tales of this cat say it'll just like like nowadays it'll just eat your christmas candy instead but like the idea of it like eating children because it didn't get clothes is hilarious so we're just gonna stick with that <laughs> we're just stick to that yeah. yeah um so iceland you better give your kids some fucking fancy new socks so they'll be eaten <laughs> by the christmas cat because yeah like what do, do socks count or do you need like a coat like no. what do you need apparently <laughs> what like, are the rules here it was like a way for like iceland to um like kind of like convince these families like because not every family has money to go out and buy clothes so it would like force them to make all of these clothes and use like product and stuff so it was a way to kind of like terrify parents into like either buying it or like like buying the products to make it like an economy boost yeah but then also Also, like kind of to have kids like be like i want clothes for christmas yeah i was just gonna say yeah because a lot of kids like you want the toys and stuff but like we were always taught not uh, more so from my older sisters than my parents but like 
uh like practical gifts yeah like we were always taught to ask for like deodorant and shampoo and stuff like that for christmas like my sisters would get us like care baskets basically yeah yeah for christmas so I, it's kind of that vibe that's a vibe i'm getting yeah instead you just grow up in the murray household <laughs> <laughs> we're all fat cats here <laughs> you're all festively plump that's yeah. fine me too <laughs> I'm festively plump year round. (laughs) It's a holiday every day. (laughs) It's not a phase, mom. (laughs) But, um, Uh, so apparently to this day, kids are like completely terrified of the Gryla in Iceland. I mean, I can't say I blame them. I wouldn't want to be taken away in a sack and into the mountains. Especially if she's been around a lot longer than Christmas and like Santa, I would be terrified. Yeah, she's old. But yeah, so that is the Icelandic, like, folklore Christmassy. I love story. that. That was so much fun. Yeah, it's just that cat picture. I can't I can't get it out of my mind. <laughs> just... I love that. I hope that this, all of yours are this fun. Yeah. Mine are just going to be, like, brutal murders on Christmas. <laughs> I feel like everyone's going to know. Um, so just so everyone is aware, we are taking a week off in Christmas. Oh, yes, we should say that. Yeah. And so the last episode before Christmas that will come out will be the 21st. Um, and then there will be no episode on the 28th, correct? Yes. No episode on the 28th. And then we'll come back the week after. I think we deserve it. <laughs> yeah. We've got nonstop. I'm the, actually, no, we took one week off, didn't we? I don't know. I don't know. You guys. No, there was a week off, but. I can't remember. We took one week off. Yes. Like, yes. Because it was when we first got locked down, we couldn't figure out how to record. So we're like, mm. fuck. Yeah. I remember that. So we've had one week off in a year. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> it's been great, you guys. And we thank you for it. But yeah, I, I promise I will try to get festive next week. I genuinely just fucking forgot. It's December. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And I purposely <laughs> didn't tell you so I could roast you because that's what kind of friend I am. <laughs> this is our friendship in a nutshell. Yeah. I'm here. Just she to hates that Holly. I hate Christmas. <laughs> I'm just gonna start hating Halloween just to piss Holly off. But the funny thing is, you don't hate Halloween. <laughs> I do now. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> do, 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 do. I like your birthday. Does that count? That's fine. We always do like ugly sweater parties, and it's like Christmas themed. Yeah, she does wear a Christmas sweater, so I have to give her that. I do. I have. I actually have several. Yeah. I have several. It's more so that I like a good theme. And I can't, if someone says there's a theme to a party, I'm going to follow it to a T. Yeah. And my birthday's on a Monday this year, so that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but we do get, we get uh, have an episode on your birthday, which is fun. I get to embarrass you. Oh, fuck. Yay. Sweet. Perfect. So excited. So, yeah. Christmas, next week, festive, fun. Woo! <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's Holly's Christmas there it is. effort. There's, there's the Holly Jolly. Oh, my God. I, I won't even say that to you because I don't want to be that mean. Is my name in your phone not Holly Jolly? Uh, I th- Did you change it? No, it's still Holly Jolly. See? <laughs> but it has a unicorn beside it and um, a knife and wine. <laughs> Yours is, I think, a unicorn, a ghost, and either wine or hearts. I can't remember. Yeah. With that, right. um, yeah, festive Christmas fun. Yay. Come hang out with us. Yeah, you guys, you can come... Um, you should come hang out with us on social media and laugh at this Yule cat with us because I'm going to look at it again. Come see this fat cat. After this episode, just cry again because it's so funny. <laughs> just just for your hourly bo- boost of serotonin. Yeah, this. I'm just going to send it to everybody at work <laughs> and then everyone's going to be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? It's going to be great. So we're going to post it. So it's 
a spooky hour podcast is our instagram that's what that is um you can find us on twitter <laughs> at spooky hour and you can email us at the, the spooky hour podcast 666 at com. i'm dying i gave too much holly too much holly i gave holly too much serotonin today oh i needed it I, it's all the serotonin for like the last three weeks and in one day i'm a little overwhelmed but i'm enjoying myself yeah and it's just come laugh with us you guys it's fun and it's crazy yeah there's only a few weeks left of this god-awful year so yeah we got this come hang out with us we'll get through it together it might not be a one piece but we got it we'll get festively spooky let's get festively spooky mm-hmm.